This is West Virginia Morning. I'm Teresa Wills. One of the best-known archives of folklore and oral history for Appalachia began as a student-run newspaper. It was a way for high school students to collect and share the wisdom and lore from their community members. That story and more coming up this West Virginia Morning. Support for West Virginia Morning is proudly provided by Luke Frazier. An Eastern Panhandle State Trooper is back home after suffering multiple gunshot wounds. Randy Yowie has more. After being shot four times and losing part of his leg, West Virginia State Trooper Abe Bean is now recuperating back in his Berkeley County home. Pictures posted Wednesday on the West Virginia Troopers Association Facebook page show dozens of troopers escorting Bean home from a Fairfax, Virginia hospital. Bean's leg was amputated above the knee after being shot on December 17th while attempting to serve an arrest warrant on Tobias Ganey. Trooper Caden Spessert was shot once in the incident and has recovered from his wound. Police say when Ganey, charged with domestic battery, proved uncooperative, the troopers made a forced entry into Ganey's Martinsburg home. Ganey immediately began firing at the troopers who returned fire. Ganey died at the scene. Police say an incident investigation is ongoing. For West Virginia Public Broadcasting, I'm Randy Yowie in Charleston. State regulators are encouraging public comments through January on a more than $200 million rate increase proposal filed by Monongalia Power and Potomac Edison. The Public Service Commission of West Virginia has set aside three days for hearings on the company's proposed 15 percent increase in residential rates, commonly called base rates. If approved by the commission, the average retail customer would see an increase of more than $18 in monthly rates. Both companies recently announced they will give customers a one-time fixed bill credit on their July 2024 bill after a PSC audit revealed financial misconduct and called for greater accountability of lobbying expenses and better record-keeping. Public comments can be filed by email on the Commission's website, or they may be mailed to the PSC. Visit our website at wvpublic.org for more information. Foxfire books have been a staple of Appalachian lore for generations. This week's Inside Appalachia explores the history and future of Foxfire. Blue Ridge Public Radio's Lily Knopp and Inside Appalachia's host Mason Adams have more. Foxfire's roots go deeper than the books. The project began in 1967 as a student-run magazine in North Georgia. It was a way for high school students to collect and share the wisdom and lore from their community members. They called it Foxfire after a bioluminescent fungus that grows in the region and glows in the dark. Now, Foxfire is not just a book series and a magazine. It's a museum and an oral history archive. One of those oral histories is from 1975 and captures the kind of knowledge that Foxfire collected. It's a recording of Emma Chastain. The teenage interviewers asked her about her life and when she decided to have children. Chastain passed away in November, and her death underscores why it's so important to preserve these stories. Let's take a listen. Well, I'm interested in... um hearing 
like why you started your own business and how you got it together to do it and like when you decided you wanted to like run a beauty shop and uh, what what you had to do in order to get it together mm -hmm. you know, can you go through that well uh, really the reason when I first got out of high school of course we got we were married and uh, right out of high school yeah and uh, then I've started to work at this little pants factory and I worked out there for about three months. And I said, this is just not going to work. You know, this is just not my line. I'd come in in the afternoon, and it's a wonder that Tommy could even live with me. I was just hell. I mean, I was pretty blind. <laughs> but to live with, really, because I, I I always felt bad, and I was always tired. And, which, I, I'm not saying I'm not tired now, but I knew that that wasn't, you know, at the end of the day. You know you put in a day's work. But I knew that that wasn't really what I was supposed to be doing. I could just tell, you know, I didn't enjoy my work. And I feel like you work, say you go to work at 9 and you get home at 5 or 6 or maybe 6.30 in the afternoon. You are the biggest portion of your life, really. And I feel like you've got to enjoy what you do. And uh, after, I, after I worked at the Empire for that length of time, when I first got out of high school, I... I didn't think, you know, that I would go into school and take anything at all. And really, uh, I just, after I'd worked at the Empire for a while, I decided then to send in my application to go to Clarksville and take this course. And I went, and uh, we didn't have any money. I was to be frank with you, when we got married, we didn't have anything. We lived with Tom's dad and mom in their basement. And oh, <laughs> we just didn't have anything, you know. We, uh, of course, now, we knew that this land, that we could build a house here, and this land would be ours, you know. As far as we didn't have anything, we didn't. And the year that I went to school, I worked on Saturday at uh, Hazel's, Lafayette Hazel's beauty shop out there at town. I worked out there. Well, the year that I went to school, Tommy didn't even have a job. That was oh, a year wow. that he could not even find a job. And if it hadn't been for his daddy and mama helping us, we'd have never... Really, we'd have never made it. I'd never gotten to go to school if we couldn't have lived there. And what little bit I made on Saturday, that helped pay the bills. And maybe he'd pick up a job, part-time job here down in the back, you know. And that helped buy my gas and stuff to go to, back and forth to school. When, when you first decided, you know, that you'd had it with Empire and that you wanted to go to school and do this, did you get a lot of talk from people like, oh, your place is in the home, you shouldn't be doing this? Well, no, really, I didn't because now Mother and Daddy, uh, they have always wanted their kids to do well, you know, and they've always said, Lord, honey, go ahead, you know, make a good living for yourself. They've always wanted us to do real well, and uh, which they didn't push, they never did push us. They kind of let us make up our own minds what we wanted to do when we were old enough, you know, to do so. Well, do you feel like you've had um, more opportunity to choose what you want to do than, say, your mother did? Yes, really, I do, because now, back when Mother was coming up, I mean, everybody, when they got married, they got married to have children. Yeah. I mean, really. Yeah. She had five children, and they did. They got married to have children. And nowadays, well, Tommy and I have been married for six years, and we don't have any children, and we, it don't bother us that we don't have any children. Mm -hmm. It don't bother us in the least bit, and we have the right to say, well, if we don't want any kids, we don't never have to have any kids. Right. I mean, unless it's just a slip-up, you know, more likely it won't be. <laughs> yeah.
That was Emma Chaston, as recorded by Foxfire students in 1975. To hear more about Foxfire, listen to Inside Appalachia, Sunday mornings at 7 and Sunday evenings at 6 on West Virginia Public Broadcasting. This is West Virginia Morning. I'm Teresa Wills. It's 7.52. Mostly sunny skies today with highs in the 30s and 40s. Cloudy tonight with a chance of rain or snow in the south with lows in the 20s and 30s. Rain, snow and freezing rain possible tomorrow with highs in the 30s and 40s. The National Weather Service has issued a winter storm watch in the eastern panhandle and winter weather advisories in the south and eastern mountains. Saturday morning through Sunday night. Support for WVPB is provided by Ziegler and Ziegler Attorneys in Hinton, marking 50 years of providing legal services for the people, businesses, nonprofits, and public agencies of West Virginia. Our Song of the Week is by acoustic music icon Peter Rowan, who has been coming to Mountain Stage since 1985 and, at age 80, still sounds amazing. On this version of From My Mountain, Calling New, Rowan is accompanied on fiddle by the High Hawks' Tim Carbone, who you'll also hear on this week's episode. I've been living upon my mountain, my mountain so high. I've been living upon my mountain, my mountain so high. Calling you from my Mountain to your mountain. 
was Peter Rowan performing from My Mountain Calling You on the Mountain Stage. To hear the full performance and more, tune in Saturdays at 6 and Sundays at noon right here on West Virginia Public Broadcasting. West Virginia Morning is a production of West Virginia Public Broadcasting, which is solely responsible for its content. You can keep up with the latest West Virginia news throughout the day on our website, wvpublic.org. Support for our news bureaus comes from Shepherd University. Our Appalachia Health News Project is made possible with support from CAMC and Marshall Health. West Virginia Morning is produced with help from Bill Lynch, Brianna Heaney, Caroline McGregor, Chris Schultz, Curtis Tate, Emily Rice, Eric Douglas, Liz McCormick, and Randy Yowie. Eric Douglas is our news director, and he produced today's show. I'm your host, Teresa Wills. This is West Virginia Morning. <laughs>